Liftoff will start in T minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We have ignition. Ahoy there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening. This evening, I've got Luis and Bandit joining me, and I've got something special treated for you guys. I found this dude when I was hanging out on the internet, Mr. Lowell Johnson right here. Um, we'll get into more of who he is here in just a moment, because you guys know i got to go through my rundowns and give all them thanks to all you listeners out there and watchers out there, because we really appreciate you guys. You guys are the reason that this stuff keeps going, and I keep showing my my mug here to all you guys to get a good laugh at every night so you know i appreciate everybody out there on rumble and odyssey and bit and all of those listening platforms all the way across like we're everywhere guys you only place you can't find us is pandora and that's because i'm not jumping the hoops that i gotta jump to go to get into pandora like that's cool they don't need me there it'll be all right but you know, we got on all these things because we have some really awesome sponsors. You know, I, d I dug real hard and tried to find some people that were good, genuine people, you know, that aren't out here trying to take advantage of folks. And like my buddy here, Kirk Elliott, over there at kirkelliottphd.com forward slash Jim Bob forward slash. He's getting you consulted on things and helping you make good investments and stuff and with your money before it all does pop, you know, it might be a good backup to have some stuff in lying in wait. You know, Kirk's a real good guy. We've had him here on the show and I definitely you know encourage you guys to get out there and give him a chat you can also check out peachy key creations she's over there doing her energy healing and she makes you homemade soaps and candles that are also filled with great healing energy and stuff because she does all that good stuff and her recent pirate soap is a great hit i've been using the crap out of it you guys it smells like i just come off the come off the sea and it's got like that awesome oceany mist and stuff like it's it's pretty good stuff you guys should check it out and that's peachy key creations you can find her over there on facebook right now it's the best place to get a hold of her and my little buddy over there at ammo can survival making um survival tins out of 50 caliber um ammo cans literally that's why where he got his name from and he's also doing you know plate carriers and he only carries hoplite armor you guys know our friend over there uh lyman bishop so you know they're they're kind of in it together with each other so you guys make sure you support ammo can because he's also even got those new ghillie suits and that's a real awesome thing and of course my the favorite thing that i am you know so happy to have in the unconstitutional awakening family over there is brett pike and classicallearners.com and the homeschools connected because you know there's two million of you that walked away from the indoctrination camps this year and uh decided to take educating back into your own hands and i think that's a very great thing because a lot of these public schools have just gone way downhill we, we've talked about it in the past before ever since the since the uh the big old head of it was made back in the 80s it's just declined and declined since then so get over there and check out brett pike and if you use code freedom he's gonna give you some money off on getting them curriculums every week because there's good stuff in all these curriculums to help you along the lines with your homeschool and journeys and of course lastly before we jump into everything this evening you guys hop on over there to unconstitutionalawakening.com 
you can check out the unconstitutional awakening social where i'm where i'm letting you guys just have conversations it's like facebook but way cooler because i'm not going to ban you you can also find links to our podcasts upcoming news and stuff we got going on links to where you can watch us listen to us you can even listen while you're there and you can also check out the merch store and get you some really awesome stuff Luis was showing off the stuff that he ordered from there the other night because he's uh since he's kind of a permanent factor of the show he's he decided he wanted to wear some stuff with us so uh He's got some good stuff for you, and this the show it's or the store itself has some great stuff for you. So y'all go over there and give us a little bit of love. But now I got to jump back into this because I have been excited about this show <clears throat> since I learned about this dude last week, and I was I was I was extremely excited that it was so easy to reach out and get a hold of you, sir. Like yeah, I mean <laughs> he he responded pretty quick, and I was just like yeah, because I was I was thumbing through I was thumbing through TikTok. Because you guys know I love finding people on TikTok, and it wasn't him that I found. I found a couple other podcasters. They run a show called Active, um, and they were talking about Lowell Johnson's, you know, adventure into Telos and it's Mount Shasta. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I was like, we we're friendly about Mount Shasta. We've had a bunch of good conversations about Mount Shasta on this show, and the fact that I'm about to have the pleasure of sitting down with someone who's got to go inside and has a story to tell like i've i have been just dying to get into this so how is everyone doing this evening excellent fantastic what you got louise how are you this tonight buddy just out of kung fu try to direct my energy so that helps a bit well, you're good. You're you're good at keeping your energy level. You're such a calm dude, man. I love I love my conversation with you. You're always just chill. You relax it on out. <laughs> That's good though. That's good. I, I I I like the chill. You. How about you, Mr. Lyle Johnson? How are you this evening? I'm grounded, just like Luis, just like that. That's fantastic. So, man, I just I I gotta ask, like, could you just get into the story, sir? I don't even want to talk about it because I, I would like I'd rather hear it come from the source I think coming from I the can. source is most authentic but before I do that you know I just I, I've been doing interviews now for a while you know, at different audiences and um, I, I, I love to do that and the reason why is the experience I had wasn't just meant for me it took a little while for me to really not so much let that sink in um, but when extraordinary things happen, first, you need to assimilate that before you figure out why me, what do I do with it? That's a whole nother, you know, rabbit hole to go down. But I've been, seems I've been going down rabbit holes since uh, about the last four years. And believe me, I was stuck. Uh, I was a hospitality executive all my life had an IT company for 10 years. So I was doing what everybody else does. You know, you're chasing work and you're trying to gain uh, recognition and you want to make more money, you want to have things. Yeah, the rat race. Um, and somewhere along the way, I had a TIA, you know, it, it's a mini stroke. I had a block carotid, the blockage in my carotid artery. Oh, wow. And right after that took place, they suggest that sometimes that's your wake up that there's a physical malady that you come across like that, that tends to begin whatever this awakening of who you are is where it starts. You know, if I understand and believe that line of reasoning, here is the line I can draw back to that. 
the surgeon that I had had suggested that one of the things I might want to consider for therapy would be, and Louisa loved to hear this, meditation. And so I did whatever I could to learn what I wanted. It wasn't that it was a foreign concept to me, but I could never really figure out what that meant. And if somebody told me that I needed a mantra, I couldn't find anywhere where you could get such a thing. It's not like you can dial it up on Google and figure it out and have it delivered by Amazon tomorrow. That's not what it is. It took me a couple months to come back to um, Transcendental Meditation, which is where I ended up. And when it was suggested that it was that easy to get into it, believe me, um, it was as easy as everyone suggested that it was. But it was life-changing, life-changing. When I could quiet myself and get to that place where they suggest you can have connections with something greater than yourself, I found my way there. In the first few months, it wasn't regular. You could get there, but not every time I decided I wanted to go into that state. Once I did, then other things changed. Somehow my health improved without me focusing on it. I have not seen a doctor or visited a clinic since January of 2016. Had no reason to, haven't been sick, but I had a history of high blood pressure. And I was a hockey player all my life. So arthritis, yeah, that was a thing that I had learned to live with. I'm telling you, it, it was getting into a meditative state regularly. All of that went away. Then somehow, you know, spirit, source, call it whatever you want, just made me start to crave different things. And when I was craving more healthy food, um, and I didn't do that by design, somehow 35 pounds just went by the wayside over a six-month period. I did not intend to diet. I didn't join a health club. I just started to feed whatever this nourishment that source had in mind for me. When I did those things, my health changed. I am not a young man. <laughs> and when we talk about the kind of hiking I was doing in Shasta, you should have been a young man. I, I was hiking like I was in my early 20s, and I was doing it every day. Hey, though, there should have been great. a period of time in between to get some rest. Um, I didn't need it, and it took me two weeks to come to that realization. So maybe we should start to talk about what got me to Shasta in the first place. Yeah. That, and that, then we can that, start the story from there. I mean, it's, it's all, it's all intertwined. Like, how many miles were you? Yeah. Doing? And, and here, uh, you know, you talk about like changing, you know, you know, finding that, finding that part about you and, and finding these cravings and changing, you know, your health changing so dramatically. Like, you know, I, I've, I have seen with my own eyes, people that have, done such things and changed their life you know just i mean just flip their life around because they have realized that you know connect getting away from a lot of the processed garbage we put in our body and stuff like that and 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 the constant you know dopamine fixes and stuff like that takes a toll on the body and then you've got you know when you when you step back and you go back to more of a natural lifestyle and you start looking into you know, things like manifestation and energy healing and stuff like that, you know, there's, there's a lot to all of that. You know, my, 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 my wife's a, like a master Reiki practitioner, you know, 
whatever word you want to use it for, that's the word she's going to use because it's all tied back to the same stuff. You know, she can, she can align your chakras and, and help you get healed back up and, and into place and stuff like that. And she's, she makes, she, she's, it's not that she's trying to do it for money or whatever, but she does make a good living at it. You know, she's out, we, we all got to make a living somehow, of course, but she chose to do it in the sense of, you know, helping people and showing people that you can have these alternative sources and live a long, healthy life doing things like you're saying here, you know, going on these crazy hikes. So, yeah. so where, where does it start? Like, obviously it starts somewhere. I, this was all unfolding during COVID and we were kind of all on lockdown when it began really mid February or so, if I remember it right. Um, it wasn't until the end of June in my part of California when, you know, things were beginning to relax. Um, now, my situation was a little more complex because the idea of me getting out of the house, even though, you know, some of that was more likely to happen then, I had just come back, uh, actually, I came back to visit my son in California. I had taken a consulting gig in Baton Rouge and was leaving there after two years. So I still had a Louisiana driver's license and Louisiana plates on my car. So moving around and other places under those conditions was going to be challenging. It made more sense for me to just kind of go off on my own, which I, is what I like to do anyway. I'm not interested in following everybody else's uh, trails. Um, I know what I'm looking for, and I'm not going to find them where everybody else went. So when it came to the first part of July, I was really more intending to head toward uh, the national parks in the southwest. You know, if you've been to the Four Corners area, there's tons of them to choose from. I had been there once before, and it was an area i I needed to touch nature, just wanted to get back out there and know where I can get in touch with source there. So that was my intention. And when I started to research on it, I was seeing these posts on Facebook and other places where the parks might not even be open due to the conditions. Well, the very next thought in my head was Mount Shasta. And I'd driven by it a few different times. I'd kind of heard about whatever this magic was there, but I'd really never paid any attention. But thinking about what it was, and I like to explore new places. It was a four-hour drive from where I was, so I set off with the idea that um, I was going to go there for a week. And my son and I were going to connect maybe in Lake Tahoe, maybe Reno, or look, no one's working, so there's plenty of time to get out, hike, and have fun, enjoy nature, connect with something bigger. Um, that was the plan. Well, at the near the end of the first week, that was, I was hiking every day. And there are many places to go explore. There's waterfalls and beautiful things to explore around the area as well. And I like that kind of thing. Um, the lakes, the streams are alpine streams. If you get water from the headwaters there, this is as pure as the water ever gets. If you remember a long time ago, you might not be old enough to remember Shasta Soda. Well, that's where this came from. And that's Absolutely. exactly where the water came from. That stuff was just, it's the nicest water I've ever had. And when I go there, I tend to bring some other jugs along so I can take it with me. And believe me, when, I, when I'm done with it at home, it's, it's painful. 
because drinking other any kind of water, even if it's filtered, you can tell the difference. There's just something in the water that's almost divinely charged because it fed my body. Um, at the end, of the, it was near that end of the first week. And so I contacted my son. I said, you know, I'm not done exploring things here. I'm really enjoying it. Do you mind if I stay for another week? He said, no, no, no. If, um, if you're there and you're tied into it, stay. We'll make a long story short over the period of time. I went there with the intention of staying for a week and I ended up staying five before I left and went back home. And I went to the same place a few times, but rarely. Uh, that just speaks to how wonderful the area is and yeah. how much I was beginning to sense before I really knew what they were, these energetic signatures, portals, vortexes, whatever you want to refer them to, you could feel them. They weren't along the trails everybody else went, but when you're willing to go off trail, you got to feel them. Well, near the end of the second week, we were at this place at uh, as high as you can drive up. There's a road that comes out of the town, uh, out of Mount Shasta called Everett Memorial Highway. And when you drive to the very end of it, um, that's as high as you can drive. It's about 7,900 feet uh, above sea level. And then you can hike up above that. The mountain itself is 14,000 and change. Um, but this area is wonderful. Uh, there's zero light pollution in that area. When somebody suggested it was a great place for stargazing, I spent many nights up there, at least until midnight, just watching the sky. And you began to appreciate the differences between nights when there was a, a new moon, when there was no moonlight, and then you could see the Milky Way that way. God. Oh, my God. Beautiful. Very few people get to see it in all of its splendor. And then the nights when there was a new or a full moon, that was just different, but you didn't get to appreciate the sky the same way. Well, those nights when there was a full moon was the night that I satisfied myself with the idea that there may be UFOs in the area, right? Yeah. Instead of looking at the sky that night, I turned around to look at Shasta. And it was just before 11 o'clock. I was looking at, and Polaris was directly over Mount Shasta. And so I'm looking at the star, and I think I see a couple of shooting stars. So it's a cool night. Well, then I see a shooting star that starts from where Polaris is and heads down towards Shasta and disappears. And one second later, it like makes a 90 degree turn and goes that way. Okay, I believe they're here. You don't have to show me anymore. The idea that those beings are up there in the sky, I've been satisfied with that. Um, the end of oh, that night, and, and I wasn't quite sure until somebody two cars down from me said, did you see that? I said, thank you. Yes, I did. I'm glad that somebody else too. It just validated the experience for me. There's, you know, that's, that's, like, that's actually pretty common actually in that area. You know, the UFO thing, you know, I'd, that's a yeah. common story. There's lots of pictures out there with the very, like the similar thing. And I love that because, you know, when you start got, getting, you know, different people from different walks of life, seeing the same thing, like you're like, yes. it's not, group you know, psychosis. it's not group delusion. It's exactly. No, no, you know, all this has been hidden and that's a different discussion for another day. Um, but there, 
They can't hide it anymore. It had been suggested that at, right after I'd had my experience, that maybe this was going to be where disclosure was going to find its fork in the road. And perhaps those people that were having these extraordinary experiences weren't going to be so shut up anymore, weren't going to be ridiculed anymore, and maybe Lowell was going to be one of those first guys. And the reason I say that with certainty is the following year, I was going to have some interactions with light beings, physical interactions with light beings that people photograph. So I'm going to have an extraordinary story to tell like everyone else seems to. But in my case, I'm going to show you the pictures of what happened. That, when I started to put all that together, I thought, well, maybe this is it. Because when you listen to me, I think by the time we're done with our time together today, you're going to think I'm another guy just like you. And I am. Maybe when the time for us to really start to understand and hear genuine stories of this kind of phenomenon that's happening, that maybe it's going to be easier to digest when they hear it from a guy just like you. Because I'm really not any different than the rest of you. I'm not built any different. I don't have any different DNA, although mine's cracked open a little bit more than yours might be today. I can just tell you that I'm built the same way you are. And when you're in alignment and your vibration is such that it matches theirs, you will experience all the things that are around you. And I'm proof of that. I've been starting to meet other people that have had extraordinary experiences and it's accelerated over the, especially the last few weeks. It's come at me at a rate that I couldn't understand. Um, the journey to podcast thing last like four days ago, the number of people that are reached out has like exploded compared to other things that I've done in the past. There's something different now. There are people that sense something different and they need some kind of a touchstone, just like I do. And I didn't know where the hell to look when this happened to me. I looked everywhere for some kind of help, validation. Who the hell can tell me what happened to me? And it took me a long time before that help came along. So um, the end of that week, that same time, the day that I had seeing that UFO in the sky, there was an older couple that was there remarking on how physically fit they felt. And it, was, and it wasn't until then that I started to assess my own physicality and I went, holy shit, there wasn't a day I didn't hike and I don't take anything but exhilarating hikes, shall we say, yeah. every day. And the next day, at least I should have been I was 66 years old when I was making those trips. I should have taken a day in between just to recover. It wasn't like that. And there were days when I was making 6,000-foot elevation changes. How do you explain that phenomenon? Well, there is a palpable energy around Mount Shasta that now that I've been there over the last two years now, almost a little more than two years, it happens every time I go there. One of the things I want to prove to myself when I go back is, will that happen again? And I have never been disappointed. I'm, there is something about the area that isn't like anywhere else um, before you even call it spiritually charged. Yeah. That's a whole other discussion.
So along these hikes, we got to the, like the last weekend in July. And there were a few things that I had not done yet that I learned about along the way. One was a place called the uh, Gateway Peace Garden, which is a beautiful little parcel in Mount Shasta that has a gorgeous labyrinth, um, lavender labyrinth. And um, it's a place where people, you know, take these peace ribbons and hang them in the trees. I'd seen the website and a couple of pictures of how pretty I thought it was. The, the websites do not do this place justice. It is amazing. And there's some kind of energy there. So I had intended to start the day there and then decide what I was going to do after that for the rest of the weekend. Um, it's now a place that I always go to before I'm going to hike when I go there because you can just start your day in peace and it's wonderful. Uh, there were two things after I visited the Peace Garden. I went back to that spot I was describing before up at the top of Everett Memorial Parkway, um, up at uh, as high as you can drive on Shasta. And when I got there, it was just before noon. There's four stone picnic tables that are there. It's not really meant for anybody to picnic. Um, people don't go there for that. They go up there to hike and to commune with nature. But one of the tables was open. So I went over and sat at, and I figured I'm going to sit here while I figure out what I'm going to do. I had two. Well, one thing I wanted to do was Black Butte, which is one little mountain that's there. If you drive along I-5, you go right around it. Um, it's right next to Shasta and Shastina. It, um, it was one of those places where you could hike all the way to the top of it. It's right around 6,500 feet. So I decided that that was what I was going to do Saturday. As I was making these plans and I was looking at Shasta, which was directly in front of me, which would put Shastina off to its left, the sun was positioned in such a way that it looked like the shadows that were cast looked like they could have been cave openings. Well, I hadn't really explored that area. So I made up my mind that Saturday I would make the Black Butte hike. And then Sunday I would come back here. It didn't look like it was going to take that long to get to the hike, although where I wanted to go, I was going to go off trail. But it didn't look like it was that far. And again, I like those kind of things. I grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota, and down by the Mississippi River, we had lots of caves. Oh, we all knew where they all were, and we hung there, and that's what we did. So I was interested in the possibility of that. I had heard stories that there were cave openings that opened up into the mountain. But mind you, what I knew about Lemurians before that day, you could fit into a thimble. And the only reference I knew about Telos was I saw it on the cover of a book as I went through town. I was clueless to any of this, what my hope was. And I went there seeking spiritual enrichment, shall we say. I was looking for an encounter like with St. Germain. And if you followed that legend, which in my opinion is no legend, he definitely came out, engaged himself with Guy Ballard in the 1930s and gave him enough information for guy to write what nine ten maybe more books on what was important for humanity and what they needed to know louise he brought up um, saint germain what 
what he brought up Saint Germain. He, uh, <laughs> oh, of course. There he is. He's back in the story again. I did a whole entire episode <laughs> on another show that I do about Saint Germain not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And and he and in the past month that name keeps coming back around just in everything. Good. It should. Um that was what my hope was in wandering off these trails. Look, guys, here I am. It's just me out here all alone. So if there's an opportunity for me to commune with you while I'm here, no one else needs to know it's just me. Well, it wasn't an ascended master I was going to encounter. <laughs> I was going to be invited to do something different. So that day that I went to Black Butte, it took me six hours, almost six and a half hours to make that hike. I shouldn't have done it. It's nothing but if you know what scree is, it's just loose rock. That's all that this mountain is. There were two spots where it had like slid out and I had no business hiking alone, going across that on my own and still living to tell the story later on. But I'd gone so far, I wasn't about to turn around until I got to the peak. I was rewarded with views of Mount Shasta from there that I will never forget, took pictures of, because I'm just the kind of guy that takes pictures of all that kind of phenomenon along the way. But by the time I got back to my room around six (laughs) o'clock, here's where I thought a shower in bed is going to be good. And tomorrow morning, I'm just going to lay in bed and watch TV and recover because I was finally that exhausted. Well, I get up at every morning about seven anymore, uh, and I start my day with 20 minutes of meditation. That's how I start my day. This was no different. So I got up at seven. I did that. I rolled over to, you know, just go back to sleep. I didn't really, I don't remember that I felt tired or sore. Um, But anyway, by 930, I'm just antsy. By 10 o'clock, my clothes are on, and I'm headed back up to where I want to go hike. I get there a little before noon again, and when I park my vehicle, I take a picture off in the direction that I'm going to go. So that in the future, if something was to happen, I had a frame of reference to where I began. There's lots of people in the area as there are on the weekends. Uh, The parking lot's full, people and families are hiking everywhere. Um, That's at a trailhead called Old Ski Bowl Trail. And most people that take the path that I was going to take along the side of Shastina actually turn and go up so that they can go elevate, um, you know, follow the elevation up, up Mount Shasta. I was going in a different direction because I had those areas that I had spotted that I wanted to go visit um, were off to the left a little bit more. And rarely did I see anybody go in that direction at all. Uh, Yeah, that circular area was the area when it was lit up um, by shadows was what I was triggered my curiosity. So when I got off trail and I started to head up the hill, um, I started to sense these changes in energy energy signatures were different and it wasn't it wouldn't be till later than when i went back to revisit it a second time that you could see physical physical things about those areas that were different as well you know the mountain's pretty stark um 
There's not a lot to it. There's been an avalanche there. So a lot of the stuff has just been blown out and regrowth is still fresh. But when you see these areas that are green and lush, like they're ethereal little playgrounds for you know <laughs> beings that are smaller than us, they just look natural for that. Well, when you get close to these, you feel something different about them. And it's just, it's grounding and it's peaceful. And all you want to do is just stay there for a while. So when I found one, and oddly enough, there was like a circle of rocks and a tree had grown out of the middle of it. This is one of those areas where I had sensed this energy change and I was going to take it in. Um, I have a method and an understanding if I believe that I'm a light worker and I 100% believe that I am. It's not what I go to Mount Shasta to get from her. My job is to plant light. And so that is the process I go through when I find these energetic places. I, with whatever intent I use, I usually draw an infinity symbol plant my crystal in the middle of it and activate that area for the next person that's going to come by. And I move on to next. Anyway, I was getting ready to go through that process. And as I saw this spot, there was one a little bit higher and off to my left that was similar, but I liked the elevation change. So I moved to that area and I was about to conduct the same you know, process again. And when I got there, there was one more spot that really got my attention. And it was almost against the mountain. Well, there were these three boulders that kind of came out and formed this area that really you could jump in. The boulder on the left was narrow enough and it was a little higher than my inseam so I could get up over it. But once I did, wow, this place is pretty cool. I was looking off in the distance where I could see everybody was parked. So there was nobody along the trail where I was. No one would know where I was. And I decided that here, I'm going to plant my light in the manner I described. And then I sat down for a while, turned music on, put my ear pods in, was having some grapes, having some water. And I had just put the grapes and the water in my backpack. And when I did that, I sensed what I thought was a shadow. That was, uh, my, I'm sitting on the ground, my feet are extended out, and I see this shadow that's kind of coming from behind me and moving toward, you know, my knees. And at the same time, almost like a shadow canopy that's coming from over my head in the same way. Well, I kind of sat up to take notice. And when I sat up, I felt the breeze from behind me. And when I turned around, there was a hole next to this mountain that I was leaning up against. And the only thing that was between me and the rock before was dried brush. I stood up to take this in. And as my eyes began to adjust, I can see like there's a little rise where my feet are. And then it seems as though this goes downhill. And when my eyes could adjust to the darkness in there, it looked for sure like down there on the left-hand side, there is somebody. And when I get that realization in me, I hear someone say, do you wish to see Telos? Well, my engine started a little bit. I'm not the kind that gets afraid. 
And I'll say now, and your listeners may think that that's a foolish guy that just suggested that he doesn't have any fear. I don't. And that's one of the reasons why I'm not afraid to go explore things I've never seen before, especially after this. Look, I've had my feet in the next realm and I know what's there. So I know where we're going after the shift. Take me today because I know what that's like. Uh, I have no fear of that anymore. Um, I understand the nature of our relationships with the people in our tribe that's here already. I'm not, we don't lose them. They go back and recycle into whatever the next reincarnation and whatever lessons they're going to learn, just like we do. So we never lose those people. We never forget them. Um, anyhow, I made my way down. And at first I thought that this was an adult sized person about my height. I'm six feet tall. When I got close enough to see who this person was, he was not six feet tall. He was at least two heads higher than I was and was wearing this white kind of frock. He had some, I call them ribbons because I'm not quite sure what else to call them. Um, that were different colored on this cloak. And I don't know to this day if that was some kind of Lemurian bling or was this indicative of some kind of rank that he held? I don't know. Well, when I got close enough to him, he said, well, you can call me Alex. I said, that'll be easy to remember. That's my son's name. He said, yeah, we know about your son. Follow me. And so down this apparent lava tube, we go. It makes sense to me that that's what I'm in, because this is this area is nothing but volcanic residue left over. Um, and as we start to make our way down, I can see there's light from down at the bottom of this slope that we're moving down. And he's beginning to tell me about Telos, who's there. Um, uh, told me enough about the fact that there's a king and queen, but really, it's the Council of 13 that oversees the Lemurians that are there in Telos. As we got to the bottom of this slope, I looked behind me to see where we came from. And whatever light might have been from that hole that I had passed through, that wasn't there anymore. And when we reached the bottom, it opened up into an area that I call a staging area because I'm not quite sure what else to call it. It was pretty big. Across from us were five more lava tubes. But interestingly, there was this, I call it a platform. It was about six by six. I don't know what the material was. I'd love to call it crystal, but I don't think that it was. It wasn't metal. It wasn't wood. I don't know what it was. But on it were like these two bucket seats. Over on the left, there was another one. And over to the right, there was another one. Well, while I was kind of taking all of this in, Alex had made his way to the seat on the left-hand side and indicated for me to take a seat next to him. And as soon as my butt hit that seat, this thing levitated. And off we went into that middle tube. Now, what was really fascinating, I don't know if that's the right word, <laughs> surprising, whatever, you know the sensation you get when you're moving, right? It feels like you know, wind is passing you. There wasn't any of that sensation. And yet here we went, we were moving. As we got closer to the other side of the tube and I can see light coming from the other side. 
now you can see whatever crystals are embedded into this lava tube are starting to reflect light coming from the other side. And every inch you take, it just changes that light refraction. It's like a live kaleidoscope. And I didn't want to leave because it was so gorgeous. But once we got to the end of it, and this thing opens up, we get into this space, and I can't see the top of whatever this cavity is. I, I don't know what the ceiling is, but it's lit like daylight. There's no sunbeam coming in here, so I don't know what the, all that's about. And he takes this craft and takes us up to a level where now you can see this like cityscapes you've seen in those photographs. I'm looking at Telos in that from that perspective. The city is circular in orientation. You can see air, all the buildings are crystal. Um, they're soft-sided. People have asked me, well, you know, what did it look like? Did it look like Manhattan? No, no, the buildings weren't skyscraper-ish at all. They didn't have those hard lines. Softer, rounder was what this place was like, but in the dead center of the city was this huge white pyramid with a capstone on the top. The capstone that day happened to be white. I won't find out until a year later when I was introduced to a woman named Diane Robbins. Diane lives in Mount Shasta, has written three books on Telos, and has been channeling Adama for 30 years, 40 years, don't know. She's been a direct connection with Lemurians before people understood what the hell she was talking about. Well, she told me something after I had visited, and... Um, offered to share it with us because she'd never put it any, uh, in any of her books. It turns out that that capstone on top of the pyramid changes color based on the day of the week. I was there on a Sunday. That's why I saw it white. Had I been there on Saturday, it would have been purple. Had I been there on Wednesday, it would have been green. I just found it fascinating. Um, once we saw that and we came down and hovered a little bit more and passed over the city because we're going on to another level, which there are five. I'm going to see two of them. I'm going to see the first and the third levels, and he's going to describe what's on the others. Um, I was down where you could start to see pockets of there's two people over there and there's three people over there. And there were five or six instances where I could make eye contact with people that we were going by. Inside of me, it was like I knew them, and they knew me. It felt like this place I've been to before and just feels I'm welcome here. I don't know what it is. I, I certainly don't understand in what I understand right now what that sensation's about, but there was a familiarity that you couldn't really ignore. Well, then he, we ended up on the third level, and here is this hydroponic gardens. Here is where this <laughs> vegetarians, this is where all of the food that they grow is perpetuated here. It doesn't grow in dirt. In dirt. It's um, uh, nourished by crystal infused water, but the mechanics and the technology there is mind blowing. Now, what really I wonder, and if you follow the story of how they ended up there and how many of them ended up there. Preparations were made when Lemuria was about to sink uh, to move whatever records they needed to there. And they made provisions for about 200,000. 
Well, the sinking came so quickly that about 25,000 of them, it said, actually made it there. It said today that there's more like 1.2 million of them that are still occupying that cavity. And um, I still wondered, how does this feed the entire population? I understand it perpetuates the crops a little bit quicker, but I still don't get it. Well, I had come to an understanding about all that. You understand that while we're going through this shift, and right now with the solar activity that we've been experiencing, whether it's solar winds, solar flares, there's an enhanced amount of photon energy coming our way that came from our central sun, Calcion, and is spreading out through all of the solar systems that she feeds. Our solar system happens to be one of those. We're in this band of enhanced photon energy for the next 2,000 years. Here is the defined age of Aquarius. And the reason why our consciousness is rising, Earth's consciousness is rising, we have found ourselves in this belt with this enhanced energy that's coming our way. And it's not just changing Earth at a cellular level, it's changing every sentient being at the same way. So think, if you wish, to understand that your DNA is being mutated, not to change it, but to activate those junk DNA you've got. They weren't junk, pal. They've been just waiting to be reactivated for the time that our awareness was supposed to wake up. Here we are. Um, I'm going to stop for a moment and allow you to ask any questions while I take a drink of water. I have a question about, like you mentioned Alex. Yes. In passing, so that's the name they wanted to be identified as? That was the my tour guide for that day. That's how he asked me to refer to him. Do, do, they, do they speak about names? How they, how they create descriptions for themselves? I got to meet some others, and I'll describe that later, but their names were not Alex. <laughs> I was going to meet, <laughs> meet Adama that day. And again, the only thing I knew about Adama was illustrations I've seen, and they do not do this guy justice. Because if these beings and Alex was eight feet tall, which that was my guess, Adama's at least nine. He's just an imposing figure, but they have this loving aura around them. I'll display, when we get to the council chambers, I'll explain that sensation because I understand more fully feeling, vibration, sound. That is how that type of communication is really taking place. Would you describe the, it as a charismatic type of energy? Like in, when, when you meet other people that are super charismatic, would you describe it as something similar to that in that, in that manner? I never really heard it put that way, but that's really a good explanation for it, I think. And I may use that in the future. So thank you so much. Because um, that's a powerful thing. I've met other people that have that. Like, I'll give you a simple example. Ricky Martin, the singer. When you're in the same room as him, you feel a difference. When I've been in a room with certain yeah. artists, there's artists that you have nothing. But there's certain people that you're like, what the heck is this? Like, you can that's his light. they enter the room. And it's, and it's really it's truly bizarre. And it's like they get charged up by other yes. individuals. And it's something people cannot comprehend. But if enough people focusing on you, 
you get a level of energy to charge up. And I imagine if you're speaking of beings that are similar to us, but not like us completely, that they've mastered that. And that's how they can create that sense of calming on you. So you well, think about what is with the fact you're seeing a non-human. What's in the next realm? They understand the law of one and they understand we're all connected. That's their fundamental thinking. Everything comes from basis of love. They're done dealing with third dimensional duality. It's not that they don't experience it, but they see beyond it. They understand that collectively when they come up with solution-based things that need to be resolved, that all comes from a space of love, always. We, we have it in us to see that perspective, but when we're surrounded with all the crap that is white noise around us, um, until and unless you can disengage and kind of separate yourself from that, which explains why I like to go out by myself in nature and find that kind of peace, it gets harder and harder for me to come back into the city with noise, congestion, and when you can find that connection to what you want elsewhere. Um, I believe that that love that you're referring to is a physical palpable sensation. And when we get to the council chamber, I'll explain more about that. So when we left the third level, made our way back up to the first level, when we had come into that space and kind of looked up, off to the right-hand side, there was this interesting kind of round-shaped crystal building. And it was formed by, you know, these flat panels of crystal that, you know, put it into a round shape. The entry was the equivalent of, like, if you had French doors, but there were no doors there. But interestingly, sketched, etched into the crystal walls on each side was something... I could have sworn I've seen before. And the first day I got to Shasta, it was mid afternoon, too late for me to do anything but check into my room. Let's go check town out and tomorrow we'll worry about hiking. While well, I'd gone into one of the shops that had drawn my attention was a place called Blue Child, Blue Star Child Gallery. Um, this little Japanese wonder, Oracle Haruko runs this place and she's gifted in many ways. The day that I'd stopped in there first, I went in because I was drawn into the window with these colorful things that she would draw and put on, you know, like greeting cards. But the day I was there, um, and again, it was during COVID. So when I saw these shoe covers at the entryway, I mistook those for um, COVID solutions. I didn't really understand she's Japanese and that's kind of the thing that you do, especially when you step into sacred space, you take your shoes off. Now, whether you're going to put these things on or not, I determined, look, I'm not interested in doing that today, but I'm curious about coming back. And as I turned to leave, I looked, she's got 10 foot ceilings in that room. There were these codes that were 10 feet tall, three feet wide, that I learned later she draws by hand. Perfectly symmetrical, and she does it without the benefit of a ruler or curvature tools whatsoever. They take months. Then once she draws them, this illustration that she's inspired to put on this paper, then she goes back and colors them.
So you can see what an effort it is for these things. And they were throughout the building. She had not just these, but then when you saw the creative side of her that wasn't so structured, those were incredible. The day that I came back to explore it more, she's got, there's like three rooms. So you pass through the, the first gallery portion into a middle room where she has some things. There's one that I'm still fascinated with, and it's 10 feet long and stretches around a corner. It's called uh, Lemuria and Atlantis Merged, and it's fascinating. I sit in front of that all the time to take it in because there's so much detail in the codes. And I, I swear there's something in here that I'm supposed to understand. Now there's one more room in the back that I found last. And when I went into that, well, we'll, we'll find a special name to call this room and it deserves one. There are five of like these guardian codes in this room. Well, I was carrying some crystals in my pocket and I thought, well, this would probably be a good place to charge those. So I went out to Haruko and asked her permission. Do you mind if I sat in there for you know 10 minutes or so and meditated? She said, that's what it's for. So I went in, closed the door. I put my crystals in front of these three huge codes. The one I will learn later to the left of the door that you come in and out of as I was passing out is um, New Earth. And the one on the right is the New Angelic Code or the New Human Blueprint. Guess what two images I saw engraved into those crystal panels going into the chamber were these two things. And when I suggested to Alex, I said, these look familiar to me. He goes, yeah, the, we got those from Ruko. They're damn accurate. Those light codes are accurate. And so we engraved them here. This is the council chamber. So when we moved into the space, first you saw the only wood I've seen here so far was a round table with 13 chairs around it. Gorgeous. There were um, crystals that were embedded into this table. Um, but when you passed into the room, that love sensation that you had suggested a little while ago, there's something pressing into like my heart core. I was going to ask you, does it feel like, um, not like a wave, but does it feel like a, a overwhelming body sensational covering? Like, like it feels like it's soft energy flowing, like, but it flows from a source and then you're walking towards it when you're moving. Is that, is that it wasn't so much a flow as it was like a pulse. In my case, it pulsed and just kept pushing into your hardcore the whole time you're there. This soft, think of the most wonderful hug you've ever had, because every time you got another press, that is what it reminded you of. Well, as I'm taking that sensation in, which is a little unsettling, um, I see five more people that are entering the room. There are two pairs of females that flank this guy I recognize from photographs as a Dama and he's taller than the rest of them. They invite me to take a seat. They spread themselves out three on either side of me and they tell me who they are. Um, 
honestly, and I apologize until I can go back and see those that I'd seen before and do them justice. The only ones whose names I'm going to remember is Alex. That was easy. Adama, I understand who you are. And the first person who began speaking, and she called herself Shiama. The reason I remember her so vividly is when this meeting was going to begin, she seemed to be the chair because she was the one that was speaking. And I'm about to learn what I'm doing there and why it's me. They were beginning to explain that they had come to the same conclusion, that they sensed that the shift was imminent. And by imminent, I read that to mean winter solstice of that year. So this is July of 2020. It's been pretty well known, at least in the circles I was researching, that around winter solstice that year was when the shift was supposed to happen. That was the belief that I had come to, too. So imagine my surprise and wonderment when these beings that are here said the same thing that I believe. Now, there have certainly been those that have said, well, you know, winter solstice came and went and nothing happened. <laughs> Let me tell you differently. Plenty has happened. It's a process. And whether we were already in it when they said those words to me, I'm telling you that I sense there's just this feeling I have inside of me, and I'm sure you all have the same feeling if you vibrate at that level, that this change is coming fast. Um, and all we can do is prepare for it. They believed it was imminent. And when the time came that Earth's consciousness rose, as did those of us, humanity, that was gonna, we were going to make our way through this ascension as well, because it wasn't our ascension that was going to help Gaia go to the next level. She's on her way. This is a cosmic cycle she's in. If our vibration matches hers, when she gets there, we go with her. And if it doesn't, well, you have third-dimensional lessons you're going to learn elsewhere. But 3D Earth, it's not here anymore. She shifted into her next incarnation of her own. Um, and like I said, it's a cosmic cycle. Um, they want to re-engage with the surface beings when that day comes. They've been staying hidden for reasons that probably make really good sense. Look, we didn't really end up being very good stewards of Gaia toward the end. I know that there's lots of us that are well-intentioned and care about the earth. Um, but if you look at the evidence that we've left behind, we've been very, very neglectful and ignorant about how she should have been cared for. And it's a little bit too late for us to change anything about that. I chuckle on one hand when I see all of this political shit about climate change. Yes, we contributed to it, but we were not the cause of it. If you want to really put your finger on why we see the levels of hurricanes, tsunamis, um, volcanic eruptions that are taking place. In my understanding, that's just this energy, this light energy that's coming from the sun. She's just flexing and getting ready for of, her. A lot of scientists have actually, there's a, there's, you ever heard of Freeman Dyson? He's the one that actually th created the theory of the Dyson sphere. Well, he, at 93, he was talking about um, climate and he was saying, look, only a few people understand scale and the proportions that we certain scientists in this field do. And what people don't understand is 
what it looks like more is that yes there are changes but it's likely more the sun that's changing the earth than us our effects on the earth are so minuscule but we think of ourselves as so massive. so minuscule but we are literally fucking ants yep. we are ants when you yes. go to the it's mountain and so you much, walk it's... on it you feel like you're you're minuscule so now what i'm getting it's not so much is. climate change it's not it's more of a climate shift yes yeah, the, that's a good way to been, put it. it it this happens it's constantly. a shift people it, we are sitting on this massive rock spinning Floating through, through space. space or falling or going yeah, up and, <laughs> yeah what how you know however you want to view how we orbit the sun while orbiting the, the black galaxy. hole or whatever you they think it is in the galaxy while this galaxy is spinning it's through cool. space it's insane to think about you know the scale of things we are so tiny like we said that uh the earth has changed more on its own than we could do to it in five billion years you know yes. Yeah. Um, and it will continue to orbit in this galaxy for another five billion years after the human race is long gone. Well, the you know, we are potentially not changing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If the, if expands. the magnetic fields or or if the poles don't shift next year, like it's well, supposed that's the thing. To. The pole shifting could be the the reasoning, and that's what yeah. a lot of so, so it's the, shifting the towards Siberia. Were, so yeah, I think Siberia. that's indicative of the change is watching yep. the poles They're move. They're freaking out. It's, the Polish move. Yeah. And it's the, oh, the magnetic It's going to hit what's the Siberia. Pole, so. yeah. 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 It's going to hit Siberia August of next year. And it's going to come to a tipping if it point. Does this, if it like suddenly does yeah. this all of a sudden. If it suddenly yeah. does oh, this. It, and what happens? It, it can what only go once it flips around. And I think me and Jimmy have talked about this before. If you notice, it probably happens every two to 3,000 years no, no, no. It's naturally. 26, it's 26,000. No, no. I've heard that this pole shift is like in a 700-year cycle. So we are due for another pole shift. If you well, there's notice definitely the we're rise and fall. No matter what. Yeah, we are yes. due. And, you yeah, know, the, 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 the 26,000-year right cycle is I agree with that. That's the procession of the equinoxes. And we restarted that in 2012. It took us till 2016 until our entire solar system was within this new band belt. But yes, here is where for the next two years, 2,000 years, we are. And there's 11,000 year cycle. Yeah, you're right. I agree. So there's, there's also the fact that as we move through the galaxy, we, they have noticed certain cycles of destruction for the Earth. So there's this cycle that we go around the galaxy itself. It's every 200,000 years or so. But at certain parts, they have noticed potentially in the cycle that there's a higher likelihood of certain events, like asteroid impacts and so on. And it, and it looks like there's a mixed th thing about it because the, there's, there's the sun. The sun is this tiny, let's say. And then the, what, in, what encompasses all of us inside of this, there's a giant balloon, let's say. And like, imagine an atom. The, the center of the atom is where the, the, the new, the new, like imagine that, but it's the sun. And the, that cloud is with the protective layer. And the Voyager spacecraft just 
exited that. And then when they exited, they were like, wow, there was like a plasma field. Like they, they were like, there was a something like physically, like the machine could feel it. So we've discovered like, oh, there's like a, and it, and it gets really crazy outside. Outside of the, the solar system, it's like, there's a lot of matter, but we didn't know that. And it's something that we can hardly calculate what the heck it is. So there's a yes. lot we don't comprehend and a lot of the energies that exactly you were mentioning. So there is science, like true science that are also backing the idea that there's massive shifts. Yeah. We don't understand what's going on. When the, when the Earth's polarity shifts, we don't know what happens to nature. We know it's yeah, been recorded right. in the geological record, but we don't know how fast it happens. We don't know how, what really happens because when it happens naturally and there's no technology, <laughs> not, not, I mean, yeah. outside of natural disasters, everything's fine. It's, we want to comprehend it with our little 3D human minds. <laughs> and we don't have the capacity to understand what's in just the next dimension and how different life is there. Believe me, the, the beings that are still in Middle Earth and Middle Earth is alive and well and has been through all this, that's a seventh dimensional construct. So those beings see things from a much higher perspective than we do. And the earth already has that level of consciousness in her. When we think that we're rising from third to fifth dimensional, it's kind of a distraction. We're really trying to ascend back to seventh, which is where we go. We seem to measure it because humanity is designed to have form through the fifth dimension. In sixth, seventh, you're a light being, and you're no longer required to take form. You certainly yes. can, but you you're no longer time. required to. You perceive yes. time in a whole different. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know a good movie about it, Donnie Darko. Yes, Donnie exactly. Darko, that's yeah. That that that's like a representation of a fifth or sixth dimensional being looking on us. Yes. They would see our entire lifetime represented when they were experiencing our personal reality because we consider time in this weird linear fashion, but yeah. beings outside they do they not can, they don't they, they see back and forth. Right. Like we yeah. can write on a piece of paper on a two We still two think that w whatever this catastrophic thing that's coming, we're going to be wiped out. Well, we no. are actually riding in a different dimension by then. I equate the shift physically that's going to happen with Earth to the rise in dimensionality too. So we're, we're, our bodies are going to be crystalline, just like the Lemurians are. I can't tell you if they're hundreds or thousands of years old because they look flawless. They do not have these carbon forms that are meant to break down and require nutrition. One other thing I learned about that their vegetarian side, they don't eat because their bodies need to be maintained by ingesting this fuel. They eat because they enjoy it. They already have everything they need within their light bodies that is not nourished by outside information coming in. When I came to that conclusion, it certainly made sense for me. Uh, that explains why their crops go as far as they go. Nobody eats three meals a day there. They eat because they enjoy it. Their energy, I'm sure, comes from the sun like everything else does. Really, if you take into account what we ingest when we eat raw vegetables, fruits, and that type of thing, we're just taking a different form of the sun into us. Instead of eating dead plants and animals, 
you know, that's kind of where we got ourselves stuck in this density because we continue to eat that stuff. Well, well it's calorically uh, convenient. You look at the, the biology of the human and you see the main reason we started eating meat at a large scale is just simply put, our brains require a high amount of caloric intake. 20% yes. of, your, of your energy requirements are consistently consumed exclusively by your brain. So if you look at your body, that one-fifth of your body's energy requirements are just inside of your head. You then perceive your body in a different light, especially mm -hmm. when you consider that your, 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 like your digestive system is a super complicated thing. And we, we think about it, thing goes in, liquefies, comes out. But we, <laughs> you know, and, and that very simplistic view on it, 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 it we're not that efficient at energy no. management as exactly. You can we're not efficient. That was my next thought. They don't have to worry about finding the next restroom. Somehow they transmute all of that energy. I mean, they could be literally transferring energy just through different ways because. Then that's the thing. Like another being could be transmuting energy because they have technology that we likely don't have, and their right. bodies have adapted to it. Because if you think about it, any eventually, when we go outside of this planet, we're going to have to create beings that like experience things differently. So mm -hmm. if beings that live separate to us have adapted their bodies differently. It makes more sense. But my question really becomes is. How how have they if they when they've spoken about interaction? How would how is it going to be like? It won't be this kind of language. We won't speak words anymore because we are communicate telepathically. We're already connected to one another. So really, by the time I had the thought, you already know what it was because you're part of me, right? And I'm part of you. Um, the way that we will communicate, we go back to vibration and sound primarily. And then you're going to see symbols and you're going to see variations in color. Those are the ways you're going to communicate. And when you start to think about symbols, uh, it makes me go back to think about, you know, when Toth taught us hieroglyphics to begin with. What, those were just symbols. And we didn't need to understand those in words. When we saw the, the symbol, we knew what it meant. And it could mean a lot of different things. Well, think about where we are with emojis now. We don't have to say those words anymore. We look at that symbol and we know what it means. I think that we're just migrating somehow back to that place where we're going to learn to communicate like that again. And we're going to see these symbols and codes, light codes, and things that we understand. They resonate with us. So inside of us, we know what they are. We're just not a level where we can appreciate it yet. So I should probably finish where I was in the chamber. So yes, now they have explained um, why it's important for them um, to begin this dialogue. Then I was going to find out why I was invited. And there were three reasons. One, they said that I've demonstrated that I can hold fifth dimensional awareness. And lots of people go, what the hell does that mean? Well, you see things from their higher perspective. And you're not limited to this place in duality here where I have to give it some kind of label. And when I do, there's a good part and there's a bad part. It, we, we don't think like that anymore. Two was they understood I was the protector of Gaia. 
Well, two years earlier, I was in an ayahuasca, my second ayahuasca journey, and Mother Ayahuasca told me that's who I was and gave me this vision of what New Earth was going to look like and what my role would be after the fact. The third thing was that when the time came for them to reintegrate with surface beings, they were looking for people that would be emissaries on this side. And of course, you know, you're, you're flattered, you're, you wonder, you know, why all those things flash through your head, but you never say them out loud, because if I got this far, I'm not going to say, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. I hadn't articulated much other than that. And so then that was when Adama finally chimed in. And he said, you know, our entire population, um, it, we all agree that this is where it's going. And so when the time comes, we hope you'll be an emissary on the other side. Well, it took me a while to go back and remember who I was and what purpose I'm serving when I came back here. And when I did my dot connecting back through Atlantis, back through Lemuria, back through Elysium, and kind of connected all those dots, I understood that I came back to reincarnate in this incarnation because I was going to be here for the shift. And that when it was going to take that many of us star seeds on this side to actually be born and incarnated here to assist on the other side, that's what I came back to help with. The fact that I was already a little Miriam before that I clearly didn't remember, I served that purpose when they get here. So when that day comes, when those of us critters that survive the shift and vibrate at their level, um, I'm here to help the rest of us understand. They have a wonderful technology they want to share with us. And it's not like human beings are not without merit. We are creative, incredible beings. There is no, another place in the galaxy that I'm aware of where sovereignty and free will still rules the day. And that and our emotions is what makes us so creative. So imagine what it's going to be like when we can take our creativity and the technology they're willing to share with us and then see what New Earth is after that. Hopefully, we've learned all the lessons of Atlantis and everything before that and won't repeat them because where we're going is going to be magnificent. On, on that topic, you mentioned technology. What, what do, truly separates them from us, technologically speaking? They... It's, I uh, had heard uh, another channeling recently. And one of the questions this person had for Lemurians, because he wanted to know what it was, he wanted to know what it was like. He had heard that they were in Shasta, so can you give me some validation about that? Can you tell me about your technology? Can you tell me about where you live? And they were trying to explain that, understand our technology comes from our consciousness. Technology is a direct correlation to the level of consciousness that we can create and our ability to manifest what we wish. And when we understand that, we'll get to the same place where now we have control of all that power that's in us already. Remember that dormant DNA that's been waiting to be activated? The, the ability for us to do that kind of manifestation is waiting inside of us. We are stuck in a density where we can't access it yet. But some of us are starting to step into the next realm and reporting back on what to expect. 
And believe me, when we get there, our bodies are different and the way that we process things are different because our consciousness is what's going to determine what we can and can't do. No, so I mean, with like, there's, that. Been, there's been so much, you know, like that, that you're talking about that you cover and, you know, there's, these are, these are a lot of um, similar messages to people I've talked to in the past. I've actually got an early friend of the show. Uh, he, his name is Jody Moss and he is a big into actually channeling Arcturian energy and building Arcturian energy devices, um, which is along the lines of Lemurian type technology and stuff and crystalline devices and things. And like, he's, he's an, he's an older gentleman too, but much like you, he is very connected and in, and in shape. And actually you're the second person to be on here since him that keeps referring back to it as source. So I, I, I feel it's along the lines of dealing in the Lemurian aspect of things. And, you know, he's, I, I hear a lot of common just common things coming out of your mouth that I've actually heard from, you know, Jody before too. And it's, it's, and, and other people that I've correlated this back to, I try to tell people a lot of these different, you know, religious type views or spiritual type views or whatever you believe, whether it's flying spaghetti monster or, you know, Jesus, they all had these similar messages that even you've got right here about connecting back to all of this and connecting back to the source and to oneself and the earth and everything like that. You know, the earth's a living creature along with us, you know, and we're supposed to be living. In Absolutely. Planet, you know, That's, and this, isn't it fascinating? People don't think of the planet as alive. I mean, I do, but yeah, absolutely. It's, it's crazy. We, people don't really think you don't think the rock you're on is potentially alive. I mean, I, I potentially and really, there's a Swedish that's group been, that, that said oil is a naturally occurring substance of the earth. Yes, it's like the lifeblood of the planet. If yeah, you if you want to think exactly. about it that oil way, oil is the lifeblood. To to think that people actually think that it's fossil fuels. It's fossil <laughs> fuels, man. It I, makes no I sense can't... because it's way below all known life forms on the planet. Right. That's how you discredit right. the idea. It's like the, yeah. um, the largest supply is in certain parts of the planet and it's at a depth that it's that no life impossible that it could have been impacted down over time yes, and, and you it, know and it's, it's um, crazy they continue to i mean i was rockefeller who actually propagated that idea yes he fake well, he like I he mean, got come on look at who you're talking about <laughs> i mean he was a really smart businessman i'll give him that he used to, you, you know to manipulate they the did the best with what knowledge they had at the time Look, we've all well, been conditioned I'm... by the things that we've been conditioned by. And, you know, they didn't know any better. So they made it up. And people like the Rothschilds were going to, you know, leverage it while they could. Uh, and I don't, I can't blame them. You know, they came here. We all came here to enjoy physicality. That was the whole lesson here. Earth was an experiment. It was an experiment in humanity to see how it would all go. And, you know, it <laughs> We learned a lot of lessons, but humanity is not a lost cause. No, no, it has an important place in the galaxy. And the people that get through this, and those of us who resonated and understand what is happening, 
believe me when I tell you that there are going to be periods in your future when your soul is occupying the next place you're going, you're going to be of great value in other places of galaxy because you've had experiences getting earth through this. There are going to be other places that are going to demand your expertise. Have you heard of the, from other people that speak about these things? Some people say that earth is like a challenging place. Like some that when you incarnate prison into planet. space, not, it's it's one of the challenging spaces. Well, you can call it prison, but it's one of the most challenging places, and people selectively choose to yes. come here. Yes, you do choose to come here. Yes, yeah. you do. We, we choose it's, all it's, of it's our It's a strange, hard thing to think about, right? It's a strange thing Why to contemplate. Why the fuck would I choose this place? <laughs> 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 What was so I you thinking? can come back and utter that phrase. That's why. <laughs> what decision did I because, make? You know, what, it, what choices did you know, I make? a lot of a lot of like stuff like that kind of talk. You know, actually, you know, I've there is. I have you know you you talked about these rabbit holes for the past four years, and you know somebody like Bandit, I've I put him on a fast track <laughs> from. From a from a from a voting, I'm just gonna keep doing what the government says, blah 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 type thing. To holy shit, what are we doing here? Years. You know, in yeah. just a, a few follower? years and such. You know, and like I was a statist. I've, I've um, been on this journey for a really long time. Six years like, ago, this is, this is going this is like a 20 year fester up. And as somebody that 20 years ago was saying a lot of this shit and being laughed at on a constant day to day basis. You know, I myself had I myself seen a mass awakening because there are so many people that have gone from completely clueless to sending me information and being like, hey, have you seen this yet? And I'm like, yes, and you need to keep going, you know, keep diving because there's definitely more to it because you me and Luis have talked about this. You pick up different parts from the stories all throughout you know everything this is why you should give things a everything a chance you know regardless of how wild or crazy you might think it is or how outlandish you think it is Explore. the only reason it's there there's a little piece of truth in there a piece of that puzzle that you're supposed to pick up and get back to a lot of these points and you know i find it i i, I find it just absolutely beautiful when i find more people like yourself that like i i understand every last word that's coming out of your mouth and you know i hope there's and i know there's people out there that'll listen and watch the show that will be the same way of course and such and it's just it's so comforting in me for for me myself to have these conversations and i'm just like yay like i remember having this exact conversation with other people and they're just like he's at it again he's got his pirate hat on there's no telling what kind of nonsense is coming out of his mouth <laughs> um, i call that you're finding tribe your orbit is growing, and the people that see things the same way you do, you're drawing them to yourself. Oh, he did all right. Well, I wanted to mm -hmm. mention. And you in your case, um, Bandit, in your case, here is where uh, Jim Bob served as a trigger for you. Somewhere along the way, he exactly. was going to say a word that triggered something inside of you that woke you up. And it was his job to do that. Now, you I can a, say when you set your incarnation up, you two had agreed that he was going to come along your path and say that word, utter that phrase, whatever it was. And all of a sudden, you'd remember what the hell he was talking about. And it wasn't new information, my friend. It's been stuff that's been stuck there in your Akash for a while. 
you could I, I can believe that because I was I, I was a full blown like Luis said a, a rule follower a status you know a vote well I was I I've never voted and I've never been a registered voter but I was a political supporter about four years ago and it was a, a, a full blown like overnight thing with these guys that I I'm grouped with just overnight. So I, I digested a lot of information in just such a short amount of time and I'm still processing, but once you reach a certain point, your, your mind will open and just how you see things and perceive things in the world uh, becomes totally uh you made mention of the Akashic totally Records different. and another friend of the show here um, that runs by the name TRs. And, you know, he, he, this is something I agree with what he says. And I, I've tried to say it to people before, too. If you want the best answers you can find, you need to look within. Ask yourself. Because you, you never, because you, you will find so many realities and truths if you dig and ask yourself exactly that. outside sources outside sources can only do so much for you you the real answers come from you have to wake up and see them um i actually have something interesting because you mentioned the akasha records um i actually there you go you're up with mid journey it's a ai generating system that creates images of prompts and ideas you're building on and actually i start today right now i'm actually was working on mount chestnut wait a minute Are those, is, is that your work that's his work is, that's luis's this, work you I've do been, this I've been, I've been doing this right now as i'm talking to you <laughs> with the computer wow okay so if any of these uh just ring to you that would be interesting they all but, do <laughs> yeah so i'll, I'll yes. show you more that's more magnificent so this okay. is, for example, exploring Kundalini in the eighth dimension. And this one I've been working on for days. And like what's been coming up is like- Are these posted somewhere where I can see them? I can send you the link. Yes, you can explore. Awesome. Later I, I definitely want to. I, I'm fascinated by them. And I love to see people's illustrations of what's coming because some of these things, Luis, are going to trigger other people when they see them and they come from that same place you vibrate. Now you've just woke them up too. And I, I know people that are going to be triggered by it. It's I mean, magnificent. This is, this is, I mean, it's taken, this takes oh, now a couple of oh, days to get to these levels. But oh, I want you to get to the Akashic to Records one. Those ones yep, are so cool. I'm getting to those. I'm getting to those. It's just, I've been working on these for so many, for a while. So I have to scroll through, see. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure you've been doing. I know you've been doing up on that one. You keep sending me updates on it. Yeah, it's been like hundreds of iterations. I'm getting close to it. So are you seeing it's constantly changing? Look, look, you'll see now. Yes. See, it's. I mean, I've been doing sometimes others, but you see, it's been changing. This is getting close to the start. And this is others. I I, I know this one that's hit, that he's bringing up that he brought up this four to begin with the Akashic Records one. Like, it is it is so beautiful. And the only so explanation I have is that like, how did this computer get in my head? <laughs> my this is auras. This is people's auras. This is. Uh, let me keep going. Well, I'm getting close to it now. I know you are. 
Oh, here we go. Here it is. All right, here we start. I mean, this is like hundreds of variations. Oh, wow. Now, what is closest to what other people have perceived is the greatest wonder and question I could ever fathom to conceive, but it's just... I want to keep up with these ones that you're working on about uh, Telos here. I think those are going to be really beautiful the more you work on them. Oh, yeah. There's a, few, there's a few processing right now. Once we get through this, I'll show you right back. Um, but this is, like, this, it was just, I was just blown away, like, how this was shifting. I mean, this is, this is the, and, and I just named it, like, asked, the entrance to the wow. in the fifth dimension. Um, and, you know, to even contemplate this I'm getting from energetic chills looking at those things, my friend. <laughs> this comes from the collective expression of co expression and consciousness of, of beings. And once these machines, these are models uh, based off content that humans have created. So this is based off human content. And as these machines see evolve, how creative we are, as these machines evolve, they're going to get incredible. I mean, my friend was just talking about once we can really like even like make it so it's about a particular collective like a particular culture it's going to be truly fascinating because it's going to look into people's cultures i mean somebody mentioned arturian energy yes uh, are you guys familiar with um vivian chauvet uh, i mean uh, not not as much as i should be but i am familiar with the stuff that i've dealt with when when talking to jody and stuff like that and following into him and that is more stuff that he talks about right there She's a legit Arcturian hybrid. I got a chance to spend some time with her. I actually had dinner at a couple of friends' houses while I was in Shasta. And that girl's the real thing. Oh my God. She understands she's in a human avatar look here. The, look at the UFOs. Part of her's an Arcturian. Those are fabulous. Wow. Dude. These were just I just love to get inside people's heads that can put this stuff out because so, I appreciate it, but I can't do that. Well, Here's where you fit the into the fabric of the universe. This I'll send you the tools. Let me let me show you right now actually how the tool works. In a <clears throat> yeah, he's he's got me in there. I'm just kind of viewing. I'm not. I haven't been taking part in that just yet. Just kind of viewing and taking it all in because, you know, he, you know, he's in there doing amazing work. But there, there are tons and tons of artists on that there's, there's, forum. So you can explore it. You can explore the map. I'll show you actually in a second. So now this is now okay. just my screen. So this is how you interact with it. It's called Discord. This is the interaction mechanism. It's so you're I'm interacting with a bot, and these are the recent outcomes. So wow. See here. And for example, which one? I, I like of these that one. That one right there is pretty awesome. Gravitated to you the most? Like this is the first batch. Any of these gravitate to you? It was um, upper right. This one? Yes. Okay. So I asked for a variation. This to, this means this is to create a big, a bigger version, and this is a variation. You can use this tool. I'll send you the tools later of how to utilize it. So you can play around with it yourself. You can play around with it for free, and then you can pay ten dollars to thirty dollars a month to play unlimited. To play unlimited is thirty dollars a month, and I think you'll find it really fun to play around that with. It. So you can explore the, what you've seen, describe what you've seen in detail, and eventually get to something close to it. So you can show people this is what I've seen because this. Is the Dude, maybe that's what you were supposed to show me today. Because yeah. I've always said I wish I could just take this 
unit out of my head and let you all experience Telos in a VR environment. I wish I could do that so you could see what I saw. And one day, somehow that's going to happen. I will, Maybe I will connect this you is to. the illustrative way. Yeah, I'm definitely going to connect you two. I'm going to make sure I get y'all's emails swapped with each other because I, I think so, you two should do some more conversing because I think he could help you bring that stuff in your head there, out. Because there's other tools. There's a stable yeah. diffusion and there's other models. There's one model with 160, like I think it's 163 billion points of reference. If you have a powerful computer, you could potentially run something that was built on a multi-million dollar system over a period of years. And now you can do it in your own home without any censorship, without any controls. You can just run the program in your own computer. It'd take a lot of computing power in your own home, but a, a, a home computer yeah. with a good amount of, like with the right things, can generate even more complicated things with more data sets than what this is. This is, to wow. give you an idea, another company called uh, OpenAI developed something called DALI. And this, these are variations of these programs. And the technology is fundamentally can really change the fabric of, of current reality in ways people don't fathom yet. I mean, some people joke like, oh, this is going to make uh, graphic designers unemployed. No, it's not. I'll give no, you it's going to give them a tool to just enhance their abilities already. I'll show it Who to you right now. Who would say such a thing? Oh, my Stupid God. Stupid people. Okay, so yes. this is an example. Uh, this is other people's work. Uh, let me see now. So paintovers. I'll give you an example of paintovers. So paintovers is... This is the first one is the original, and then there's people that work on top of it. So, this is the original. This is what people work on on top of it. Mid journey. Wow. See? So this is very. This is the original, and this is the edits. So people take the original and then create a new version. So this well, is you know, when you artists. show me this, all I'm going to want to do is play with it. And like, mm -hmm. I don't have any time to do the things that I wish I could do with it. But oh, with this, oh, yeah. with this, you could do it on your phone throughout the day as you and then it'll keep going so that's a good thing you can do you can like play around with it and create variations and keep going on your phone and well then, here's i'm going to tell you what occurs to me because i find this fascinating and i love this kind of work um but remember each one of us is a unique gifted individual and all our gifts are different right yeah i'm not supposed to be the guy that can do this luis is the guy in our tribe that does that so when we need someone that can produce that, he is our go-to guy because he Luis does this like it's simple. some beautiful simple. artwork too. Yeah, he does it like it's nothing. Where the rest of us just look back in awe at what this guy I, can do. I have been yeah, like he, he sends me stuff, you know, and I'm just and I'm always sharing it and stuff like that. And like he's, I was talking the other day to Bandit and the other guys in our other group chat, and I was like, you know. We had a picture we were questioning, and I was like, I'm sending it to Luis because he's the expert on this such situation. And he actually almost almost perfectly recreated <laughs> the pictures that I sent him. And I was so just like, is, oh, crap. Holy when, shit. When you, when you start off, you're going you're gonna to start off this Discord. Uh, you, you start here. I'm giving you an example. There's 146,000 people currently online and 1,056,000 members. Uh, so there's a lot of people. That's why the servers are so slow. When yeah. you come in, you go to this room, the newbies room. And this is where this people are exploring this for the first time. You see, like Batman dressed as Master Chief, like little things. Okay. Like this. this is probably a, this is probably a 12 year old, which is the fun. I part. mean, I mean, I would search that. I'm rocking the bat threads tonight. 
So, <laughs> but these these are things, and some are my kids. And this, I met kids that build VR games. Like, I met a twelve-year-old that was being mentored by older programmers, and they were all just talking like, "This kid is brilliant, and he learned yeah. all this stuff. He built four games in six months." just by asking a lot of questions and being attentive. And they were like, I'm going to teach you just because you're asking the right questions. You're doing things right. All of this, you can, for example, I like this image. You can upscale and make your, your own version and save a copy of it. So this is an open space too. So for example, wow. if I like any of these pictures, like for example, I like that second one. I can just hit two. You saw the V2 was clicked. Right. That wasn't me. That was them clicking it. But oh. I can click it and I can make a version of it too. Uh, I don't know why it's not working. It might be a glitch on my end. But the the point is, look at this. This is from Saul Goodman. Better call Saul. <laughs> Crazy. It, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's like in, infinite. As, as infinite as your imagination can go. And that's the way you got to look at all the, the things related to our reality. All right. Well, I'm going to have to spend some time in this environment because that's just amazing. This this is this is only limited by your imagination, and what I'm getting to finally is this the map. All right, so this is the truly fascinating part. All right, so this is people. All these are different profiles, and these profiles are see it says colorful, futuristic, 1500. So that means 1500 people liked it. So I go to the user. It's like what are they liking? And then for some reason, this is, I some like some people like this work, hmm. but it, it just scales in proportion of like what people like, what people find fascinating. And this is a different style that people find interesting. Absolutely. And that's the thing is like, I can go to the other extreme. Let's see what I found <clears throat> over here. Uh, moody lighting, queen of like, let's see here again, like everything can be very different. See, there we go. Like, the different scales and proportions of what people are creating is interesting. And this is just a representation of what we're working on now. Imagine what we're going to be able to do next year and the year yes. after that. We're going to mm -hmm. truly create the, the infinite impossible. And you're, you're describing right now something that's absolutely outside of the bounds of what any normal person would ever think to be true. And, some people will think that you're just going to be a fantasy writer and what you're doing is creating a fantasy story. And, you know, they can, they can live that experience and believe that, that that is the case because it's an easier way to, to exist to think that that's just fantasy than, than none of that's real. That's but, true. You know, religion was also based off that. And look how that's evolved. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, so, yeah, I'm not sure if it's I'm evolved sorry. as much as that veil is just being pulled back and now we see it for what it was. <laughs> That's right. Also, that's and, right. And also, what is it? The amount of people that, uh, like, the the Bible and all these books are written on people that took a hell of a lot of drugs, a lot of drugs. You know, Lots every time somebody writes something, every time I write something, even if it was the truth, it's going to come with my spin. So why wouldn't we believe, really, that the guys that wrote the Bible also had their own spin? Yeah. Um, I definitely want to get to truth, and it's not that I don't get information from others but i have definitely become more discerning over time and that's the thing is like Fair. we 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 also have to filter right but yes the, the filter the filter also gets developed with experiencing multiple dynamic points of view and that's what jim bob really focuses on let's let's listen to multiple points of view so we can all 
experience this reality, understanding that there's multiple ways of experiencing something that unless we listen, we're, we're never going to. This is from a friend that just told me, NYC Garden, 1890. That's all he wow. wrote to me. And then this, these beautiful images came out of New York. And I'm like, dude, great one. And then I just evolved. I was like, let me create a, a gothic look and things like this come up. Nice. So like, it's beautiful. This is, this is actually what I was, uh, what he was talking about. This is King Neptune. This is Neptune. Yeah, he's not on the show this evening. We did. He did here, Bandit. Here's uh, here's Bandit. I want to work on Bandit some more. I want to really work on that. Nice. This is Unconstitutional Awakening, actually. <laughs> oh, nice. This is Unconstitutional Awakening. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. It needs more yellow. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and who's dude, this? dude, I love mine. Who's this. Oh, I love that. This, That's this so yellow. good. Wow. That, that look, look, no look what it says. <laughs> That's Jim Bob. Uh, oh, this was the original Jim Bob, but somehow Jim Bob di- uh, failed. <laughs> oh, jeez! I didn't show Jim Bob this before, but this is—he didn't show happens. me that one. I think I think this is like Jim Bob was trying to survive the war, but he failed and he became a machine in an alternate dimension. This is Jim Bob. <laughs> but I mean, that stuff's yeah. wild. I mean, and, and and I I enjoy it. Like I've I've I really enjoyed that. Uh, that that pirate picture that he made for me so much i've been changing profile pictures for the first time in years and again like there is like this is another one that's that was like truly fascinating how it started to come out because you can explore the dynamics of different artists and then explore on their styles actually artists are actually complaining that they're they're stealing their styles and they don't want artificial intelligence to utilize their styles but where did this come from? This is ex- wow! Whoa! I was feeling bad that day, and I was like, "What does anxiety look like?" And this is what showed up. This is what anxiety is that your work like. too? All of these were prompts I made. Yeah, these are like okay. this is why on on the. I like that last one you showed me, because that it might be a little more a, a little taller than my Lemurian perspective. But that light being in the middle with all those taller beings around the flanking the sides was amazing. I mean, exactly. You could. This is why I mean I want to show you this tool because you can really explore. Oh, what am I doing? You can really explore the possibilities of your mind by just playing around with these machines that can give you a completely new perspective on just a fabric of what we consider reality and this is how we're supposed to leverage technology this is the example yeah this is an example of a a friend of mine she was that was this was her first one octopus kitty (laughs) and that's the thing a few of them are just i ask people hey give me one of what you're thinking and yeah this is what happens when i am doing it (laughs) wow you know, I thought I was pretty good when I figured out how Photoshop worked and I, I understood what layers were, and that was like a revelation. This is not that. <laughs> well, you can play around with Photoshop. This is this is journey into imagination. Wow. Very stunning. Yeah, I'm going to have to dig through here. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Like this, this is, 
you know, this is this is great stuff, and I'm actually glad you're getting to share it this evening, Luis. Like, I, I I do appreciate you sharing all your artwork on here for everybody else to see. This is this is the kind of stuff I get to see with Luis all the time because like he's 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 into this stuff and he's got me into it too. Like, I'm not playing with well, it, other much, people but I totally need to love see watching this. It. So absolutely, thank you. Believe me, I'll be happy to share this with others because this is magnificent, and other people are going to resonate with it. I think so yeah, too. The, the, this one particularly was stunning because of what was coming out. Let me find here a few that were like truly shocking. I mean, this one is one of them. This is Foundations of Reality from the Fifth Dimensional View. I don't know why I stuck with Fifth Dimensional Views, but it's, um, it's more on the perspective of what people have experienced when they consume things like DM dimethyltryptamine. Mm-hmm. Like this are the beings that you potentially can perceive. This one particularly is a fascinating one for me. But yeah, these are this took like hour. Th- those took like three, five, four, five, four, five hours to, to get to. And these are just again different iterations. I'm getting to the first ones. This one somebody did it, and I was like, oh, I want to play with it. <laughs> Interesting, <laughs> right? I was yes. like, okay, uh, not what I thought, but this is the first one. I, the first ones I did. DMT <laughs> machine elves introducing you to the Emerald City. That's actually pretty wild. It is. I like so. I like that AI's version of Emerald City better than the Wizard of Oz version. I mean, the Wizard of Oz version was the one. He he took a lot of drugs to write. The Wizard of Oz. Then have Absolutely. You about that by now? Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, this is just an exploration of I, the mind. I, that's I, why I wanted to share that. No, I, I I appreciate you sharing that, and and I do, and I do love how you know you, the the stuff you're working on currently while we're on this episode resonated so well with Lowell and stuff, and you know probably your story. You know, I you the way I. From where I'm sitting, the look on your face when you first started seeing it was like you almost seen what you've seen before and when you were down there, like recreated right in front of you just there. It, that's a damn good way to put it because there's a lot of similarities been other than perhaps, you know, softer edges. And that's what I was looking through here. I'm going, God, there's got to be something in here that's closer to what I've seen. So I'm going to need to go through here. Which one but, of these resonate? Less skyscraperish and more soft, crystalline kind of forms. Yeah, and I'll I, I, and I'm gonna work on it to try to adapt into it to see if I can find something closer to what you. Were you know, saying. it would be wonderful if I could actually put something in front of somebody and say, "This is as close to as what I can come from from you, an illustrator's perspective." This, well, this, and this, this is why I think it's good. I can I can connect you guys because you can actually. If you give him the words, you give him the statement, you know, he can help, he can help you. you Yeah. I can work with three of the tools and I can show you then how to use it yourself. So you can truly dive into it because it'll take you potentially hours to get to the outline of what you're looking for. Okay. Because it, it either I can put it in fast mode or slow mode. It'll just most processing power. Um, But the different use cases for this, as you can see, are fascinating. This was a separate one somebody wrote about Ukraine and Russia, and that was also fascinating. But yeah, this is just consciousness. 
Beautiful. It is. It really is. And, you know, we've, we've run a little, little long on this one, you know, this evening guys, but I think it was worth it. You know, I think this has been a, this has been a really fantastic conversation, Lowell. And I actually do hope to have you back again. You know, we're, we're, we're all about repeat visitors, you know, like there's some stuff that we haven't covered. I mean, we talked about going to tell us, yeah, there's a whole nother realm of interactions with light beings and, let me see. I'm going to share content for you for just a second here. Okay. And then let's see. <laughs> yeah. And you're in California right now, currently. I am, yes. Because of the sunshine, it was not. You have a nice, good, good, good office space right there. Good amount of natural light. We're going to get to the point where we're going to have discussions about things like. Let's see that, that, that. There we go. Ah. Ooh, cool. That was my first physical interaction with a light being. And there's a whole story behind the hybrid that was introduced to me that I didn't know before this day took place. And that shit happened. Wow. <clears throat> and that happened. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. That was day one. Now, a few weeks later, well, we're in Mount Shasta, as a matter of fact. She's going to take me through a ceremony that is going to put me in more physical proximity to light beings. Okay. And that looks like... Where are you guys? Yeah. Let's do it's okay. It's okay. That one. And... One. I have a I have a picture of a friend similar to that, and she she was like, like you see all the light around her. It was really really beautiful. I hope she one day notices that's her light. But okay. so I was invited to the ceremony on a oh, Saturday wow. afternoon, where I'm going to engage light beings. There's a story that leads up to it. We'll cover this in another day. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Anyway, I when I went into this and she said, get your intent, I had questions about, I wanted to have answered and validated. And I said, if any of this is true and one light being shows up, I'll buy it all. Uh, I'll follow whatever path you want me to follow. And four of them showed up that day. This is the first form of a bunch of pictures that were taken that day. Yeah, <laughs> that wow. was one of What's them. What's happening? How, how is this like, so could you describe? There are six dimensional elders that have how come to interact feel? with me. So how does it, it feel? It felt you energetic. You could hear it. You could feel a vibration. And there was a physical sensation that took place. And then you see this. <laughs> these are the strangest artifacts I've seen. This is how it's no, like, what is that thing? Like, these are the see that green artifacts. thing above me? She yeah. took a series of six or seven pictures. That was a ship that was spinning over me. Yeah, Whoa. tuck that away. And you said the word artifact. 
I'm going to show you some artifacts that Kumu showed me that were 30,000 years old. Three of them were ceremonial pipes, which we were going to use that day to ceremony. She showed me a portable time machine. I will be happy to show you what those things were. Because first of all, who gets to see any of this stuff? No. Rarely does anybody get to see it, much less handle it, much less take pictures of it and keep it. But after this had taken place, and she sent me those pictures of those interactions with light beings, she said, these are for your portfolio. And I didn't know what the hell that meant at the time. She said, later, the day is going to come when you're going to tell your story, Lowell. And the difference between your story and everybody else's is these pictures are going to go along with it and let people dispute that. The second set of pictures I began to show you, the first one she took with her camera and sent me after the fact and blew me away. It didn't matter that that afternoon she'd showed me all these other pictures. She'd taken an incredible phenomenon everywhere on the planet. I went, oh my God, that stuff's crazy. Can I keep that? She says, you can't have these. But the one she took of me, yes. The second set, she said, I want you to give me your phone first. Because this time I'm going to take pictures with your phone. No one can ever say that they came from somewhere else. Fair. Yeah. We'll find another time to have that discussion. No, oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, like I said, I, I definitely hope, <laughs> definitely hope to have you back. I feel there's there's much more we can conversate about, and I think, I think, like I said before, we even got started. I said, I, I said, I think you're gonna fit in pretty well around here. Like there's <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff here, and I, I I appreciate you this evening coming in and joining us. Um, Ben, did you have any questions before we wrap up for the evening? <clears throat> I wanted to know, like, have you? Um, heard of the uh, author Olaf Jansen? He wrote the name's book, familiar. Uh, uh, Adventure into Inner Earth about his the, story. I've heard of the book, but I have not read it. Okay. Right. And as you might imagine, as I've been going along, people have been suggesting, "Have you seen this? Have you seen that?" I feel a little like Dolores Cannon. <laughs> where I've gotten this archive of things that people keep sending me that are phenomenal. Believe me, they just haven't had an outlet to share any of it with. Um, there was one woman I had met about a month ago, and she said, God, I've been waiting for someone to come along. I had something that happened to me in 1970, and I'd never spoken about it. You are the first one that I felt comfortable enough to have this discussion with, and there are lots more people like that. I'm sure that she never opened her mouth because who wants to be ridiculed? Back in the 70s, who the hell knew what that was? And it didn't make it any less real for her. But holy cow, how traumatizing that she could never speak about it. I mean, yeah, because well, 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 the reason I ask is because there's so many similarities between how he described what he saw and how you just described everything you witnessed and experienced. There's so many sim similarities. Um, well, I think Jim Bob did a good, uh, he did a service when he said, you know, I've heard the same things that you've described from other people. Now we should see that there's common threads here, that we're all seeing the same thing when we can finally open ourselves up to experience things in those realms that we have not yet, just remain open. And believe me when I tell you that the universe wants to blow you away. So when you ask it to show you something, look at the things that I've seen and participated in. I'm not the only one. I'm the first one. And it's my job to help the rest of you realize that you have it within you to do the same things. 
No, and that's, that's, you know, this is, again, this has been just absolutely fantastic. And for all the folks out there listening and watching, you know, I'm going to have all the links that you can get back to Mr. Johnson here for between his, his socials and his website and everything so that you guys can read the story and check out the pictures he's even got on his website to go along with the story mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like I've, I have spent a, a couple days thumbing through there because there's just so much good stuff. And I really encourage everybody to go check it out them themselves as well. And I, you know, again, I, I, I do extend the, uh, the invite to have you back and I do hope you take it because I, I've, I, you, you do. You fit in pretty well around here, and I like what you got going on, sir, and I, I would love to help you spread that story even more. I'm glad you said that. I'm happy to come back, and that's the reason why. This information was meant for people way beyond me, not just me. I'm just the vessel that gets to show it to the rest of you so that um, those people that resonate, here's a touchstone you finally have. Uh, I encourage people to reach out if you've got questions or something, you know, sounded like me, reach out. That's what I'm here for. No, you know, that's, that's, that's really fantastic. That's the kind of stuff that I look, you know, look for when I'm, when I'm talking to the different folks about stuff like this, you know, we've, we've, we've had, as I made mention earlier, we have had a few people that talk about Mount Shasta and stuff like that. And you are by far the, the, the best story so far that I've come across dealing with it. So I do appreciate you being, you know, so upfront and honest and, and just all around great guy when it comes to, comes to having conversation about all this kind of stuff. So I do thank you. And Luis, I thank you for sharing that, uh, that artwork of yours this evening and bandit <clears throat> keep on hanging in there, buddy. I, I, I appreciate what you got going on over there with us too, man. You, you always got good questions to bring along to the, to the thing and that book actually didn't it crossed my mind earlier but i'm glad you brought it up that's I'm, i'll make sure i share a pdf link so these you guys can check out that book too because there is there is a lot of similarities there that that are that are pretty interesting i i do i do find so of course before i sign off you guys know i got to have something good to say for you for the last bit so what types of socks are pirates favorites Argyle. Y'all have a fantastic (laughs) evening. Thank you. (laughs) 